All right, welcome back. I'm one of your co-hosts, Richie Gary. And I'm Ryan Hartnett. And this is Quick Slants. Today, we're going to talk about the playoffs, since it actually is starting to get a little bit heated up in both NBA and NHL playoffs. I don't know if some of you may know me, but I am a big-time playoffs Caps fan, but that only means strictly playoffs. But you know what? Every year is our year, and especially this year. It's Caps year. And they just came off a thrilling series with, I believe it was, who was it? It was like the Blue Jackets, not the Blue uh, Blue Jackets. Um, that was, uh, it was a little bit too thrilling for my taste. They were a little bit too close most of the time, but they made it and they're currently during, while this episode is recording, they're down a game to the Penguins, but they are up 2-0 in a game right now with them. So, you know, there's still hope. We're not all going insane yet. And then also, of course, the Cavaliers have just advanced to the second round of the playoffs to I believe it's the conference semifinals now. They will play, they've just beaten Indiana, and they will play, I believe, oh, they'll play the Raptors. Okay, yeah, they'll play, so they will play the Raptors. And that should be an interesting series because the Cavs look like they can't even put anything together, while the Raptors, on the other hand, are good, but they're not great. So, I don't know, Ryan, what are your thoughts on that? Well, going back to your hockey analogy there for a little bit, um, I myself am a Rangers fan, and I feel like, as you as you as a Capitals fan have kind of overshadowed them because you've kind of been worse in the playoffs, but the Rangers kind of on the, on the down low have been just as bad because they've gotten to, I guess me because they got to the, the Stanley Cup Finals and lost. Maybe what people don't talk about them as much, but um, going back to basketball, I mean Cleveland, we just saw wrapped up a game seven, um, and Jeff Van Gundy said something interesting. He said Indiana probably has the better team overall which I think is pretty hard to disagree with after what we saw uh, throughout these last two weeks. But we all saw the factor in LeBron James, and he was clearly, you know, the best player on the on the floor, best player in the world, 45 points. Could be playing Toronto. I, I'm never a big fan of Toronto. I think that DeRozan's great. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of uh, of Kyle Lowry and all that, but they deserve the one seed. You know, they, they've played well all year. They deserve to be in this position. It's a big test for them because they've proven year after year they haven't been able to get past teams like the Cavaliers. And this could be a big step for them because a lot of people do think this is the year that they're able to advance. So, you know, I really look forward to that series. should be interesting. Just saw game seven. You know, is Cleveland going to be a little more tired because of that, the, the quick turnaround? But overall, you know, it's been it's been a great playoffs and the fantastic play of LeBron James just hasn't stopped. It's unbelievable. The fact that he's, what, 33 now and still playing at an elite level, if not a more elite level than he has in past years, is something that I think I take for granted and a lot of other fans do as well, just because we kind of expect it from him almost. It's almost like, okay, how is LeBron going to play? How is like how is he going to like surprise me today, really? So just the fact that he's still doing this, I think he had, what, 45 points or something in this game that was just played, I I am blown away by it, honestly. So I think it's something, I'm just trying to enjoy LeBron because I used to hate LeBron, but now I'm like, wait a minute, we are losing, we're going to eventually lose this guy, and basketball won't be nearly as fun anymore because he's gone. So that's just something I like to keep in mind, but what also I need to savor as well is past experiences in the playoffs now I know we talked a little bit about this before just brainstorming granted 
both of our ideas. They weren't the most memorable of playoff memories, but they were still an actual memory that is worth it. All right, sorry, bad radio bears and just walked in here, but we're fine. We're coming. We're going with it. Um, we're recording in a. If you didn't know, fun fact, but a little behind the scenes fact, we're actually recording in a Campion dining hall right now. So this is a lot of fun. A lot of fun. You know, we're on location. You could say. Basically, my favorite memory of the playoffs, or really one of my only ones, because I've only been to about two playoff games <laughs> across all sports. It was uh, this one's from the NFL: Ravens versus Texans, 2012. And the Ravens, I mean, it wasn't necessarily a pretty win, but we took care of them. It was like, I think like the final score was 24-14. It wasn't special, but just the chance to actually go to a playoff game and be in that atmosphere. I mean, it's electric. Like you can't, you can't like really describe it anywhere else. It's just, it's just something that you have to go to, have to experience. I think all sports fans, they should go to a playoff game in their lifetime just because You'll never really experience something like that, and especially when it's a team that you really hold on to or you're really rooted in, that makes it even better. Of course, I'd love to see a playoff game like, say, like the Cavaliers with LeBron. That would be awesome. But when it's like the Ravens, or in my case, I'm a Lakers fan, so the Lakers in the playoffs, I I can only imagine just how amazing that would be. Yeah, I'm trying to think back to my playoff experiences. I believe I've seen the Yankees, the Giants, and the Rangers in playoff series. Um, the Rangers was pretty exciting just because I feel like hockey during April, during the playoff time, is much more exciting than it is throughout the year. I mean, from a non-hockey fan perspective. Um, and I think they beat the Penguins in a – they clinched it, and I think it was game five or six. But it, it was a packed house. We're sitting all the way upstairs. So it's, you know, it's always a good time when you're at – when you're able to clinch the night you're there on your home ice. So that was pretty awesome. Um, I've been to, I think it was 2009 when the Yankees won the World Series. I was at uh, some of the ALDS games. Just a great run seeing A-Rod and Jeter play, kind of like their last, really, I mean, not their, their last go-around, but their last good team that they were a part of. Um, so you're seeing greatness on display there. And then uh, probably the most memorable was, it was the year before the Ravens won the Super Bowl. So the Giants Super Bowl run, I was fortunate enough to go to the wild card round versus the Falcons. Now, it wasn't one of these nail-biting playoff games that you're expecting. They completely dominated the Falcons 24-2. to um, You know, so it, it, it felt good that there was a huge dominating performance, but it wasn't, I guess it wasn't like that playoff atmosphere that you kind of get when you're sitting at home. Yeah, this is the best time of year. I mean, you talk about we really get started in March with March Madness and from there on it's like playoff hockey basketball and you could say baseball's coming into it but uh certainly the best time of year right now with school getting out and playoffs really getting really getting heated right now yeah absolutely amen to that with this whole school ending thing too about about time if you ask me but uh, all right we'll take it to our next segments we hope you guys enjoy today's show we got a lot for you on tap Hey guys, it's Connor back here again. Time to win some free money. This week we've got hockey on the agenda with the playoffs up and running. We're going to take a look at um, odds to win the Western Conference, a team team odds to win the Eastern, and then I'm going to give you my pick for odds to win the Stanley Cup. Um, we're going to start out West, and two teams right now that are both plus 200 and probably just the favorites in general to come out of the West are the Nashville Predators and the Golden Knights. Um, both teams playing really well. So you'd be safe to pick either or. I'm going to lean more towards the Golden Knights because they just capped off sweeping a strong 
LA Knights team where the uh, Predators are still in their series. So the Golden Knights have been hot all season. They had the best record in it in the NHL, and they've kept that form going into the into the playoffs. So I really expect them to come out of the West and represent the West in the Stanley Cup. And again, that is um, at a plus 200. So put whatever you would want on that, whatever your normal bet is. And then coming out of the East, the East is a little bit more cluttered. We've got a little bit more competition as far as who would come out of the East. Right now, your top two favorites are the Tampa Bay Lightning at plus 220 and then the Boston Bruins at plus 240. And then you've got the Capitals at plus 700. And that's for good reason because they just continue to take L's. And I don't, if you're going to put money on the Capitals, you're going to just might as well flush it down the toilet. <laughs> um, uh, but other than that, I really do like, and then the Penguins at plus 280 are a good pick too. Even though the Tampa lost the third game against the Devils in their series, I still do like them as overall favorites to represent the East. They've got so much firepower with Stam Coast, uh, Todd Johnson, just to name a few. They've got goal scorers on that team. That's not to say that Boston can't uh, show up and do anything, or Pittsburgh. Both both those teams respectively have firepower as well. You can't count out uh, Sid the Kid. And then in Boston, you got Brad Marchand, and then Tuka Rask is a great goalie. So, I mean, out of those three, I'd, I'd feel relatively safe with any of them, I would mean. But for me personally, I hate to go with, like, the outright favorite, but I, I would play it safe and probably go with Tampa at plus 220. So my picks would be a Tampa versus Golden Knight Stanley Cup final. And then the outright winner of the Stanley Cup, I'm going to have to go with the Golden Knights again. I think they've been, again, like I said earlier, they've been hot all season. They're beating teams left and right. Throughout the regular season, they score a lot of goals. Defensively, they're astute. Marc-Andre Fleury is a great, great goalie. He was a great acquisition for them in that supplemental draft. So they've got a great team, and they're plus 400. So I really do like them as the overall favorites to win the Cup. And, yeah, I hope you guys like those picks. I hope it can win you some money. And I'll catch you guys next week. And now we turn it over to Yana with her Athlete Eats. Welcome to another section of Athlete Eats with Yana. Today, we're going to be doing a raspberry breakfast bowl. I know the pitaya and playa and acai bowls are pretty popular these days. So this is kind of like a little take on that. Pretty easy to make and you can make them ahead and also, it yields about three to four breakfast bowls, so you can save them for later just by freezing them. Basically, you just need to use 10 ounces of frozen mangoes or peaches, a cup of water, 10 ounces of frozen raspberries, a cup of light coconut milk or regular coconut milk, a third a cup of chia seeds, um, a fourth cup flax meal, a fourth cup honey, and a pinch of salt. And then you can also have some berries, granola, nuts, coconut, etc., for topping at the end super easy to make you just need to soften up the fruits either just leave them out the night before or you can warm them up in the microwave if you're short on time blend the peaches with the water blend the raspberries with the coconut milk combine the two fruit puree mixtures together stir in the chia seeds the flax honey and salt and just let it go for 10 to 15 minutes to thicken and then you can serve it whatever whatever toppings you like um, and then just store the leftovers in the fridge or the freezer for a couple days and yeah have it for your morning commutes or on the way to the gym 
And for these recipes and more, you can check them all out on our website at quickslants.wix.com. All right, now we are coming up with our interview with Matt Conlon, a sports videographer. Just a little background on him. I've actually worked with Matt in the past. He's a great guy, great director, got a lot of big ideas. He's previously worked with the 87ers. I know that for a fact. I've seen those videos on Instagram. Check him out, at Matt Conlon. So now with that little promo, you're welcome, little plug, we're going to get into it. So Matt, um, how did you really start by, uh, how did you really, I guess, get into sports videography or covering sports with video yeah so i appreciate you guys having me on here thank you richie for putting this together and uh just i don't know i'll give a little background a little bit more i was a graduate at st joe's didn't study any film or video um but you know i i I think after graduation i had um a little time to myself to think you know like what i want to do and video kind of fell in my lap i've been doing it for the last i guess eight or nine years now and when i kind of got the opportunities at hand you know you you run with it so back in back in february when all the uh the hype around the eagles was happening you know it's just right right place right time i was at the eagle stadium and recorded that promo that you mentioned um edited it in a day or two put it back out and you were out on that shoot with us it was a good time um but yeah put it back out and you know just kept getting picked up and people really they really responded well to it. So I think that really kind of opened the door, you know, like you said, cause started working with some uh, people from the 87ers. So, um, like I said, it, it's right place, right time. And then, uh, when you go out and have these opportunities, just kind of run with them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that video was a hell of a video and it, I know it got like over a hundred thousand views. It's like maybe at like 140 last time I checked something like that. It was just a great to be a part of that. It was a really cool experience. So I'm, I'm happy that it all panned out for you and now you're on to bigger and better fish to fry. But I guess going off of that, what what would you say or would you have any tips for anybody trying to get into, because I know you do a lot of event videography. So what is really like your guidelines to maybe like covering an event, whether it be like sports related or non-sports related? So I'll tailor this just, I think, because you are looking to get more sports related. Um, when I did go out for the first time back in... I think it was early to middle February. Um, so my point of contact there is Malia. Malia is the uh, host for the Delaware 87ers, which are now called the Bluecoats. Name change there. Yeah, kind of strange. I like it, though. Um, so first time I went out, didn't really have any set plan. You know, I'm more of the kind of guy that goes out and gets as much footage as I can. And then, you know, it's it's harder for me, obviously. I make my, my life harder when I go back to edit. Um, but somebody told me the first time I went out and said to get as much footage as you can, um, cause that's the best way to go about it. You just, if you don't really know what you're doing or what the environment is, just get as much footage as you can. Um, and then just look back through it. So, you know, I went out for the first 87ers game. Um, didn't, I, I had a few shots that I thought I wanted. Um, but it's really about just capturing all that, uh, just, genuine raw emotion and then going back later in the editing bay and then trying to tell a story from it. So I think to anybody that's trying to get their foot in the door with sports or event type um, videography, definitely know that you can go in with a shot list or a set lit, uh, set amount of shots that you want to get. Um, but me personally, this is just something that's worked for, 
um, the time being. I, I just, you know, I go out and shoot, and then you learn each one. You go back the next time. You're like, okay, this worked. I'll try it again. And then it's all about experimenting and seeing, you know, this worked last time, but maybe let's let's build on it and do it differently the next time. I would absolutely agree with that. I think that's some really good advice. I guess so. When you do plan, does it typically like do you have like specific shots and then you're like, okay, can I build around it? Or is it more of like, okay, get this shot, then move to another location, get this shot, move to another location? Or is there ever you find yourself maybe like just planting in one spot where you're getting a lot of good angles, uh, maybe like a couple really like good action shots? Or is it more of kind of like almost like you systematically just running through like different parts of the court? So each time you go to a new venue, so the first time I ever, it's they, the blue, the, I guess the blue coats, um, I'll start over. Each time you go to a new place, you know, there's always that initial kind of like raw emotion, like, oh, like I've never been here before. Like I'm, I, you just get that excitement. You want to cover everything that you can. So the first time they're, they take place at the Bob Carpenter Center, it's at University of Delaware. Um, I just, I focused on getting as many different angles as I can. And then, like I said, you, you, kind of go through the games you look back on your footage and you're like okay I like I like the shot from up at the top of the bleachers looking down at the court but maybe next time I can do a panning shot of the entire length of the court and do something and speed it up later in post and you get this really neat kind of uh, time lapse almost or hyper lapse so I think to kind of steer around your question and you do want to go into it and have you know just a variety of different shots i don't think you ever want to get the same shot over and over again because especially in our digital world people get bored quickly so the more you can throw in their face and the more uh, variety i mean look at i don't know if you know casey neistat he's somebody i've very much kind of grown accustomed to and i like his editing style um he could film the room that we're in maybe it's eight by six feet you know and he could have 30 different camera angles and make a 30 second clip and you'd want to watch it hundreds of times just because of the way that he sets it up and the way he edits. So the more angles you can get, the more variety that you can put into your video and into your shots, um, people will respond well to that. So I think it all comes back to just kind of don't focus on um, trying to find the right shot, let those things come, but then also just you know, move around. You don't want to stay like centralized in one location. Absolutely. That's a really good business way to really look at it, you know, kind of just getting down to it. But with that business, do you ever find yourself, maybe if it's like a big moment in the game, do you ever lose yourself and maybe just forget like, oh, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be like taking shots of this right now? Yeah. So I think there is a part of you that wants to get starstruck and kind of pay attention to the game. So I did mention earlier, I was at uh, Smith's Playground the other day. It's a playground in South Philadelphia. It, it, they had an opening day. They did a whole revamp of the, the playground. You know, it was kind of focused around the youth and giving back to the community. Um, and so they had some Eagles players there, and most notably Jason Kelsey was there, which, I don't know, I mean, coming back to the Eagles video that I made and just being in the city the last few months, it's it's an incredible time to be here. So you obviously, I mean, you're in the moment. You do get starstruck a little bit. But to answer your question, it's you do have kind of this this job to focus on the moment. You know, you wanna you wanna get the shot. Um, a lot of people do kind of have that criticism with video that you're not really present. You're not in the moment. 
Um, but that's our job. You know, we, we kind of take the hit there um, and capture those moments for people to then look back on. So even though, yes, it does kind of suck to not be able to put the camera down and just appreciate the time um, with, you know, X, Y, or Z, this famous person, um, at the end of the day, when you do look back on the footage, you'll be happy to know that you did get the shot that you wanted. That's pretty That's pretty mature of you for such a young videographer. I got to say, that's uh, really taking yourself where you need to be instead of just putting yourself in the moment. So kudos to you. Now we now here's a question. I gave you a little premise of it. We, all, we ask all our guests, or at least all of the guests that I interview, I ask. And that is the biggest name contact in your phone. But in this case, I know you've actually got the biggest Instagram followers. So... With that, with that being said, who's it? Who's the guy or gal? Yeah, so uh, I, I did mention it, Richie. Um, I went up to New York about a week ago, and I had the opportunity to film with Gary Vaynerchuk, who owns VaynerMedia. Gary Vaynerchuk is most popularly known for being a social media speaker, basically revolving around finances and advising those typically of the younger generation and the millennials how to essentially manage their finance, manage how they work, their workload, etc., etc. But he's also known for taking his father's local wine business in Springfield, New Jersey, from a $3 million company to a $60 million company through basically the same way he's made himself available on social media. He just promoted it, changed the name to the wine library, and there you have it. Gary Vaynerchuk became a not only internet sensation, but also a financial sensation. And he is somebody that I've been looking up to, especially, you know, I mentioned Casey Neistat. They're very, they work off of each other. They're very similar. Um, but Gary Vaynerchuk, I uh, had the opportunity to film him during an interview. And I asked his videographer, D-Rock, I mean, look him up on Instagram. He, uh, he threw me that follow. So, you know, that's somebody, you know, some 70,000 followers. It's casual. <laughs> I got 1,300, I think. But, um, yeah, I, unfortunately, my contact list, you know, over the years, maybe I'll grow that a little bit. But, yeah, D-Rock from Gary Gary Vaynerchuk is probably my most notable right now. So. All right, yeah, absolutely. I think that contact list will definitely grow. You know, you're just getting, you're just getting your feet wet. You know, it, it's only up from here. That's what I'm thinking. Well, that's a, that's a pretty big name regardless. I mean, I've seen him on Facebook. I've seen all of his, his public speeches. So that's definitely someone big to me, at least, because I know who he is. So if someone else knows who a guy that you know, that's normally pretty good. Um, I guess we're going to wrap up here. We got maybe one or two more questions for you. I really appreciate you coming out and talking to us. One question that I have always had, especially with like seeing videos for like big networks like the NFL or if it's on ESPN or something like that, is does anyone ever tell you when you go in to shoot an event what they want or what that organization wants? Like maybe a message or a vibe that they're trying to put out? Maybe like different types of like video motifs in the narrative? Or is it more of just like we hired you to do what you've been doing and go out there and do it. Yeah. So I think that that question, um, it, it, it all comes with time. So I've been really focused on trying to develop a style that I have. And I think, I mean, like I said, nine years, I, I've had some time to really develop, you know, how I shoot and how I edit. A lot of what I do kind of shines through my editing. Um, I will say I'm a little, uh, less knowledgeable on the film side of it, but when I edit, I try to tell stories and so to kind of 
point back in that direction when somebody does hire you for an event or somebody does uh, reach out to you um, they have two options like you said they can kind of give you full creative control and let you do what you do um, and that comes with your experience and your knowledge of what you're you're filming so people if they hire you they don't want to change anything they obviously reached out to you because they like what you do um, you can look up somebody like uh, Sam Calder, he's done work for a company called Gymshark. They do um, uh, sports activewear, and they reached out to him to do some video work. And I noticed that, like, when they hired him, his his video style never changed. He's a very kind of relies heavy on transitions. Um, and he same thing when they did the video for Gymshark, it was very similar. But um, so when it comes to kind of giving up that creative control and there are going to be times when people say, you know what, we have some shots that we really want you to get. Um, people that we want you to focus on, yeah, it'll come. People, obviously, they know what they want, and they if they hire you for an event, um, I think that they trust in your ability. But you really just have to be clear and upfront in the beginning. Do I have the creative control, or are there things that you would like me to get? And most of the time, they'll be pretty understandable or reasonable with that. So just, again, just upfront communication is key that's awesome to hear actually that it sounds like the creators have more of the control in most places that's uh it's big news big news for me too um but going off of that what is one sport that you haven't covered that you would really like to cover like if you could pick one what would it be and like even maybe a team or a league which one would you love to cover yeah so as richie mentioned I, i've covered anything from basketball with the 87ers you know most of the work with the eagles was on my own that was fan stuff so football um, i've done rowing with saint joseph's uh, i was uh, wow i said that very weird <laughs> saint joseph's uh, i was on the men's rowing team so i've done some rowing videos for them um, and even you know i tried my hand at rugby which was very new for me i've never done rugby before but I think if I were to kind of want to venture out and do some video work for any new teams or new sports, um, it would probably be something on the water. So like extreme sailing, um, something like that. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen something of the, some of those videos. You get a drone up in the air and you get those those boats can reach speeds upwards of 70, 80 miles an hour. I don't know if that's very accurate. That's, you can fact check me I there. But, uh, yeah, I think that would be something, you know, you ever seen Deadliest Catch, the cameramen on there? So I, I think kind of being out in the elements and not your traditional sport would be pretty neat. That's pretty cool. I was not expecting that response. I was thinking more of like, oh, I'd love to be on like the sideline of an NFL game or something. But, wow, that is pretty wild. Competitive sailing or something like that. That is that is impressive. I'm I actually think that would be pretty cool now that I think about it. I do like the water, so I could definitely see I could definitely see you with your crew background being out there, no doubt. You got you already know your way around a boat pretty well probably. So that is wow. I'm still blown away by that answer. Um well without further ado, I mean thank you for coming on, Matt. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to come and talk with us. Uh we really appreciate it. All of our staff does here at uh, Quick Slant, so Thank you again, man, and it's been a pleasure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and whatever else you may identify with, that's all we have for today's episode. We have a very special guest coming up for our next one, so don't worry about the content. We've got that covered. But until then, my fellow people, peace out.